When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. All right, welcome back into Purple Daily. Matthew Collar here, Jonathan Harrison producing. And at 3.30, we will have Hot Routes. Manny's going to come in. We're going to have Judd Zolgad as well. So we're going to have plenty of fun. But for right now, uh, even more fun, hopefully, our friend Arif Hassan from The Athletic. Are you ready to be fun, Arif? No, but I'll do my best. Oh, okay. All right. Well, at least you try. That's what really matters in sports is trying. Uh, and I'll give you a participation trophy at the end if you've done just okay and not great. Fantastic. I'm a millennial, so I enjoy that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start off with the defensive line. You and uh, your cohort, Chad Graff, wrote about the defensive line at The Athletic. And the toughest decision here has to be Mike Zimmer watching back the tape on Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph and saying, can we replace this? Do I want to replace this? These are people who have been here for his entire tenure, but have really high cap hits. And I'm not sure that everybody is just ready to say, uh, yeah, they're washed and you can't have them back. Um, but I'm also not sure that they're going to take less either if they want them to restructure because they've asked a lot of guys to restructure. How do you think it plays out with Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph? Well, the the problem, I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head. They have basically earned their contract. They've played about to the level that their contract demands, but the Vikings just don't have the capacity to, to handle that. So uh, it, it, I think it really depends on, on those individual players. I think Everson, for example, is much more likely to be amenable to a restructure because he's really attached to Minnesota. He's really attached to the Vikings. They stuck by him through like a ton of stuff, not just the stuff that happened two years ago. Uh, and so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that was something that they were able to work out a little bit better. But honestly, you know, on the open market, both of them will command a lot more than what I imagine uh, the, the Vikings would, would ask of them. Uh, I think the most likely scenario is that one of them leaves and one of them stays, and I can't predict who it is. On, on one day, I'll say, hey, Armin Watson's a really good nose tackle. Maybe, you know, the Vikings will, will take a look at that and say, you know, goodbye, Linval. And then another day, I'll say, you know, they really value run stopping, and so they'll want to keep Linval. And, you know, Afadi did really well, and so you could, you know, maybe ask him to compete for a starting job. So you can make a case for either. Okay, hold on. We just have, we have a turbo snark emergency here. So I, I have follow-ups on the defensive line and Linval and Griffin, but 
Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said that Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a strong market in free agency and could land a multi-year deal paying him around $30 million per year. Oh, oh, you mean, but, but how many touchdowns did he throw in 2015? You mean that NFL teams think that Teddy's really good? I am super surprised by that. Please hit the turbo. Florida. I am completely caught off guard by this, Arif. Totally caught off guard. <laughs> well, who knew he was going to be good? He didn't throw enough touchdowns. Oh, I was gosh, I know. completely surprised by this. Oh, the touchdown. If he had only had a higher touchdown total, then teams wouldn't be. Oh, wait, they are willing to pay him a lot of money to be their starting quarterback. Okay, all right, we can move on. We can go back to that. Just needed a little turbo snark in there. Um, so it's hard for me too, Arif, to figure this out because Linval Joseph has been such a huge part of what they do. Um, to be able to have someone who can chase down running backs on screen passes or rush the passer or uh, stuff the middle in the run game. And I think it's also clear that Mike Zimmer overvalues not over not only running on offense, but running, stopping on defense, too, because they brought back Shamar Stefan. So would it be right to say that Linval is easier to replace than someone who's coming off the edge and creating havoc? I think... I think generally, yes. I think for the Vikings, that may not be the case because they've done such an excellent job developing defensive ends that, you know, you you could say it's actually harder to replace Linval, even though you take a look at the NFC North and Linval is a very good nose tackle, might be the fourth best nose tackle in this division. So, uh, yeah, I think generally a nose tackle is is easier to replace, and especially with the players that they have on the roster, but I just think, you know, the Vikings have done such a phenomenal job developing these guys coming off the edge that you could make the argument that uh, it's actually easier for the Vikings specifically, you know, with uh, uh, with Andre Patterson, who might be a little bit more distracted this year with additional duties, uh, you know, developing and identifying those guys. So, again, I think you can make an argument either way. I think generally speaking, you're right. You probably should do kind of the thing that league-wide is a little bit, you know, harder to replace, you know, try and keep those guys. I think generally you should probably retain those edge guys. But I I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings looked at it and said, hey, you know, for the past 10 years, we've been great at finding these guys in the middle rounds. Let's keep doing that. So I've been trying to get in the head of Mike Zimmer a little bit and, and wondering what he would be saying in these meetings as they get together with the front office and they talk about, here's what we want. Here's what we need to be a champion. And if you look at recent years... I've given this stat a number of times, but the the last eight teams that went to the Super Bowl were top five in scoring, and I don't think that's any sort of mistake. And when Denver wins it, they're in the Super Bowl against the number one team in scoring. And uh, I don't think that's going to change in the NFL, but I could still see Mike Zimmer saying, you know what we need? We need that number one defense again. We can't be fifth. We can't be 14th in yards. We have to be number one, and we have to pour all of our money into improving on the defensive side as opposed to, because I think it might be the best thing to let both of them go, replace them with players you've developed, and, and pour that money into left guard, left tackle, another receiver. I just can't see a Mike Zimmer team doing that, though. 
Yeah, that's. I think that's that's the difficulty. I mean, one of the one of the benefits of having both Spielman and Zimmer here again is that they're so in sync. They have such a great idea of kind of what what the other one does. They've got great communication. They've got a good idea and a, and a strong vision of the team. But the downside to that is that that Spielman built a roster around kind of Zimmer's uh, style of football that is just frankly harder to win with. You're right. Uh, and so I think from a from a front office perspective, really, I, I think. The best way to do it is to, is to shed both of those contracts and then uh, kind of take a look at, you know, finding ways to get competition at those spots for much cheaper. And then, like you said, finding a way to bolster left guard, get competition there, invest capital in a third receiver, a fourth receiver, given, you know, the fact that both of the starting receivers have been injured the past two years. Um, I think that getting offense and, and, and making sure that your offense can score points on a consistent basis is the surest way to win in the NFL. That happens to the air, so you got to protect the quarterback, and that happens, you know, with, with good receivers getting open. So you need to have some insurance in case, you know, those top two receivers aren't quite there because B.C. Johnson, better than expected. I, I just don't think he's a wide receiver three. Yeah, I it's right, exactly. That he can fill into any spot and be a guy who rotates in, but it's not a game changer. And last year when we were having the discussion about Antonio Brown, and I will admit that it was a little ridiculous to talk about the cap space it would have taken, and I didn't know how crazy Antonio Brown was at the time, uh, but the major point was... The best this organization has ever been on offense is when they had Chris Carter, Randy Moss, and Jake Reed. And right now, you aren't really that close to even Randy Moss and Chris Carter in comparison, even with two great wide receivers. These are not two all-time great wide receivers, so they need even more help. And a tight end, too, and another running back. I mean, those are are nice pieces, Arif, but I think it's a huge thing to be able to improve the pass protection, which was not any better last year and to be able to add that extra weapon if you're going to try to get the most out of this three-year contract with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and the benefit, the great thing about about the offense, and one of the reasons the offense controls outcomes more than the defense, is that they get to dictate what the personnel is on the field. And so, you know, with, if you've got like five cornerbacks that are really good, uh, you can't just be like, well, we'll just put all five on the field because they'll just run the ball at you. But if you've got three receivers that are incredible, who cares? Put them on the field. You'll use them. So, like, I, I think that there's very little downside to investing in that third receiver spot. I mean, I've seen, you know, mock drafts, or I guess, what do we say here, mock simulations? Draft Draft sims, draft sims. Yeah, draft sims that have uh, acquired a receiver in the second round for the Vikings. And and I think that that actually makes sense, even though, you know, the Vikings need to grab a defensive tackle and they need to find, you know, more pass protection. They need to get a cornerback pretty desperately. I think it still makes sense to grab that third wide receiver, even with a high pick. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe because the Vikings don't have like 80 picks in this draft, you know, maybe you could try and see if you can find a couple of deals and free agency to that end as well. I do appreciate your attempt to use the show vernacular, though. Thank you. Um, Arif Hassan from The Athletic here with us on Purple Daily. The Anthony Harris conundrum, Arif, your thoughts? I'd pay him. I mean, that's like the one area where I think, uh, you know, I mean, he leads the, the team in interceptions. I think he's tied for the league. In interceptions, it seems like it's not a fluke because he played really well. You take a look at PFF grades, which for safeties are, you know, hit or miss, but generally the highest grade that safeties are, are really good. Uh, and, and he's been at the top since he's, since he's played. Coverage is king. It's more important than pass rush. We already talked about how important pass rush was. Well, coverage is even more important than that. And so 
uh, getting a, a high-end safety that you know to be good, that's familiar with the system, that's comfortable with what you do, uh, and that can cover for uh, you know how how poorly the cornerbacks play. And I think no matter what the Vikings do, they're not going to get you know that level of corner play that they got in 2018 or 2017. And so having a way to cover for that will be pretty tremendous. I mean, with Vikings finishing fifth in points scored uh, defensively, that's great, and and that's despite really terrible cornerback play. And I think a lot of that just has to do with uh, having Anthony Harris back there, who played, I think, even better than Harrison Smith. And so uh, having that guy back there who I don't think he's going to get paid top-level safety money. I don't think he'll get paid $15 million. I wouldn't be surprised if he got him for 13 or or I think, you know, shoot for the moon, maybe just $10 million. Um, But that's all possible, and I think that he would be worth it. And we know the Vikings, if they re-sign him, his first-year cap hit will be like six, and then it will be 15 two years from now or or something like that, that they always find ways to structure it to make it work. So if you really want to bring him back, you can. The conundrum part is that you mentioned the bad cornerback play. If you don't have good cornerback play again next year, I, I think that your chances of winning just aren't that high that uh, this team has to have a really good defense in order to put themselves in the conversation. And when teams can abuse your corners, well, even if you are decent in points, you're still just not going to be a great, great defense. So there would be an argument, Arif, to spend the money on whatever corner that you can get and maybe draft a corner in the first, draft a corner in the second, because you've potentially got a lot to replace here with Trey Wayans. You have to move on from Xavier Rhodes. And then all you have left is Mike Hughes, Holton Hill, and Chris Boyd. Yeah, no, I, I think there is a good argument for it. I think the the difference, and I think a bunch of really smart people can disagree on this. We'll have to find some to talk about it. Um, but I, I think that uh, the stability question, you know, coverage is so difficult to predict. High-level corners will sometimes have really down years, you know, one or two years in a row. Uh, and so uh, when you find a cornerback, it, it can be pretty difficult. You pay them $10 million, $15 million, and you're going to get lesser of a cornerback because they tend to get paid more than safeties. I think the stability you get, the familiarity that you have with Anthony Harris is probably worth it in terms of, you know, paying that guy uh, versus paying another corner from outside the system to try and learn the system right away. Free agents, especially on defense, tend to take a year, I think, uh, within within Zimmer's uh, system to, mm-hmm. to really, you know, grab on and, and, and be really effective. So I think that Maybe you find those corners in the draft. I think you have to bring back, you know, Mackenzie Alexander, um, just because who I don't even know if he wants to come back, but you have to make an attempt. I don't know if Trey Waynes is kind of worth it in terms of the money, but yeah, I, I think that it's going to be difficult to find that corner that's going to play well with a high level of confidence. And so you kind of have to go with the guy that does have a level of stability to what he can do. And I think that that safety can cover maybe not completely, but can cover for a lot of pretty poor cornerback play. Well, it's a good point because usually um, everybody knows how valuable corners are, so they're not letting guys hit the market, and when they do, they are going to be extremely expensive. There's only a couple of decent corners on the market, so you'd rather cover for average corner play than go bananas and and take the risk uh, on getting a 31-year-old Chris Harris or going absolutely nuts to try and get uh, Jones from from the Cowboys. Um, one more thing to throw at you, Arif, because you love stuff like this. I, I was looking um, at draft stuff earlier and talking with your buddy Sam Ekstrom on the show about it, and uh, he was asking what position I'd like to see the Vikings draft just by position, not player, in the second and third round. And I, and I said quarterback in both. 
Tell me the crazy level versus the does it make sense level. If the Vikings did have plans to move on from Kirk Cousins and they drafted Anthony Gordon and Jalen Hurts or Jake Fromm and Jalen Hurts in the second and third round, is that nutty or does that make a lot of sense because you should take every swing that you can at the most important position? I think a PFF study came out today on that question, or yesterday, or something like that. And uh, and and the answer, well, the answer is to get two. You're talking about kind of getting three, but um, yeah, if they're, they're going to move on from Cousins, you want to get two at some point. Uh, I I think it makes sense. I do think that there's a level of craziness to it, not just because like no team really does this. The closest, of course, was Washington when they grabbed RG3 in round one and then Kirk Cousins in round four, uh, which worked out to be a, a really smart set of investments, even if they didn't end up holding on to Cousins. Um, I, I, the problem is that you're very clearly punting on the season because we just talked about everything the team needs. They don't have the cap space to get it all done in free agency. So, yeah, you're, you're punting on the season and you're kind of hoping you can reload into a new window two years from now with a pretty, you know, aged defense. I think that, you know, half of these guys that we're talking about, you probably can't rely on to do as much. So you're doing a lot. You're investing a lot of draft cap, not a first round pick. And so you're kind of saving on the quarterback of the future in terms of draft picks in a number of ways. Um, but you, you're basically just admitting that, you know, a Super Bowl run's going to be really hard for the next two years. That said, if the Vikings want to move on from Cousins, your options are a first-round pick, I think, probably next year, not this year. Or, like you said, investing now and maybe investing a second and a third. And and that could be better because I think if you get, you know, uh, a, a 75% or a 50% shot in one round and a 25% shot in another round, you're doing a better job then that first-round pick is going to do you two years from now. Plus, you'll be in a better position to know which of those two players is better. You can honestly say it's an open competition. I think there's like a theory that really supports this. Mm-hmm. You can use that first-round pick on any player you want You know, in the next year uh, instead of being forced into a quarterback. But uh, it sounds really nuts. <laughs> yeah, right. It does. It does sound really nuts. But teams that go after quarterbacks, even when they seemingly have quarterbacks, often get rewarded, not all the time, but sometimes. Uh, I was even thinking about the Russell Wilson in the third round and how criticized that draft pick was. Or even someone like Dak Prescott when they had Tony Romo. Like, oh, what are you taking a, what are you wasting a fourth round pick on a quarterback for? Like, oh, wait, he becomes your franchise quarterback. And sometimes that guy turns into Brian Brown and he stinks. And there was no reason to pick him in the first place. But, you know, there, there are enough instances to support that you should take every shot because no position is more valuable. It's just your, your point is correct that it does appear as a punt. But I also look at recent performances by guys who are rookies. If you're going all in and you're expecting your rookies to be good in 2020, well, how often does that ever happen that they make a massive impact? Even the Vikings' first rounders recently have not done that in their first year. No, I, I think that's a really good point, especially if we're talking about you know, finding a cornerback, especially because Vikings cornerbacks in the Zimmer system just takes so long to get good. Uh, and they do. They usually, they usually, you know, find a way to, to perform. We saw that with Trey Waynes, McKenzie Alexander, a really underrated, but a really good year. Um, obviously we're kind of waiting on, on Mike Hughes a little bit, but I thought he had some really great bright spots that, you know, Waynes didn't have when he was that young. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, obviously his rookie year was not with Zimmer, but, you know, he struggled his rookie year. Um, it, it's tough right, to get especially a cornerback, and that's kind of the area, one of the areas that you're targeting. Um, we just saw Garrett Bradbury have a pretty poor season. I, I, I'm kind of optimistic about 
about him, but you're right. It, it takes a while. Not everybody's going to be, you know, Anthony Barn and have a great year right away. Um, and so, yeah, th- there is a little bit of that. I just think that the more draft capital you kind of pump in, you know, Eric Hendricks, you know, second round guy, you know, he, he performed right away as well. And now you're kind of punting on, on the ability to find kind of your next Eric Hendricks at whatever yeah. position that's going to be. Brian O'Neill played pretty well right away too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're probably punting on 2020, but if you're going to do it, I think you should just absolutely do just commit to it. I think it, riding the middle is going to be probably the most difficult and potentially damaging thing you can do. Yeah. And of course this scenario is if they're just, for sure, moving on from Kirk Cousins, or he said, I'm not resigning here for an extension, then you have to start making your effort to find the future quarterback, um, no matter what that might take. So, Arif, I think you get more than a participation trophy. Maybe this was like a silver, a silver medal for you. Good job. I mean, we don't just give out give out golds. you got to be like Gus Farratt to get a gold. Okay, well, I guess I'll have to settle for never getting a gold then. No, no, I don't think you'll ever be Gus Frat because he can throw a football <laughs> real good. Um, great stuff, Arif. It was uh, really fun always to have you on the show and uh, make sure that you uh, listen to Arif's podcast on The Athletic and also Zone Coverage as well as read his work at The Athletic. So great stuff, Arif. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so much to think about as we go into free agency. This is one of my favorite times of the year when the season gets over and then there's that lull like, okay, what do we talk about and how do we do this? Like, what's our approach or do we get into free agency yet? When do we get it? When do we get in the draft? And then when we start to get the rumors, when we start to get the reports and players get released and and then we've got a sense for who's going to be out there, who's going to be re-signed and then it really gets rolling uh, when we get to the NFL Combine, which we'll be at next week, and it gets exciting. So takeaways there, it's not super crazy, but it sounds super crazy to draft two quarterbacks, which all of a sudden, I love it. I made, that may be my Antonio Brown for this offseason. <laughs> In terms of an idea that I love, that no one else will love, um, that makes a lot of sense it, and won't ever happen. I acknowledge that. I got a tweet from somebody the other day that... Uh, the person said, I enjoy you trying to come up with ideas to fix the Vikings that they'll never do. And I thought, you really get me. Like, that's the show. The show is, let's, at least for now, until there are games again, um, for this moment, the show is, let's figure out some really creative ways that the Vikings could go. Because, well, most of us would bank on them being status quo, restructure Everson, restructure Linval Joseph, not spend a lot of money in free agency, get the seventh best left guard free agent to compete with Pat Elfline. That is not super fun to talk about. So I like that idea of two quarterbacks, let them battle it out behind Kirk Cousins, see if you feel really confident about either one of them, and then move on if you love one. Russell Wilson, it was clear right away to the Seattle Seahawks how good he was, and you're talking about a third-round pick. Um, they knew that a couple of weeks into him being there that he was going to outwork Matt Flynn and that he was really talented and he could make it work. Not that I think either one of those guys could be Russell Wilson, but we didn't think that then. Sometimes you never know when uh, somebody will turn out to be a really good quarterback. And the important thing is, even if you don't get someone necessarily better than Kirk Cousins, they will be paid a lot less, which makes it ultimately pretty attractive. So let's take a break. We got hot routes when we come back. Uh, a lot to get to with Manny Hill and Judd Zolgad, including, I think I had something in there about the dunk contest, which 
Let me just throw this out there before the break. Highway robbery. Just a shame. Just a shame. I know you didn't watch it, Jonathan. The dunk contest was unbelievable. Some highlights. It was good. And Aaron Gordon did the craziest dunk I've ever seen and then dunked over a 7'5 guy. In that was awesome. How do you dunk over a 7'5 guy and lose? I, I wa- like how he felt nervous. Like It looked like Taco Fall was oh, nervous yeah. about it. Yes. And that was the best part is that it was... It was organic. It was yeah. like I'm out of dunks. I designed only four dunks for this. So, uh, who's fuck- the tallest guy yeah. over here? Can I jump over you? And then it was amazing when he did it. And somehow he still lost. So that was unfortunate. But uh, there's a connection to that in hot routes. When we return, you're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Join Score North's Rami Maklov and Team KSDP at this year's JDRF One Walk to create a world without type 1 diabetes. Saturday, February 22nd. Join our team or donate to Team KSDP over at scorenorth.com, keyword JDRF. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.